the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I know a place where we can go to lay the troubles down eating your soul. This is Crosswalk, Colorado Springs. Now, your host, Eric Cartier, Senior Pastor of Rocky Mountain Calvary Church. Like a tide, it is rising up deep inside a current that moves and makes it come alive. Welcome to Crosswalk, Colorado Springs. Hope that you're doing well. Thanks so much for listening. This is Pastor Eric Cartier from Rocky Mountain Calvary. It's a joy to host Crosswalk, Colorado Springs, Monday through Wednesday. Thanks for taking the journey with me. I want to remind you that today's show does turn into a podcast if you sure search Crosswalk, uh, Colorado Springs. You know, something I've been thinking about a lot lately is prayer. We've been going through the Gospel of Luke uh, as a church. It really highlights the prayer life of Jesus more so than the other Gospels. We find that Jesus is always taking time to go and pray, which is pretty fascinating because he only had 33 years here on the earth, but yet there's a real priority for him to have fellowship uh, with uh, the Father. He prayed at his baptism. He would often go alone uh, and pray. He stayed up all night and prayed before he chose uh, the disciples. Of course, in the Garden of Gethsemane, he's praying not his will, but the Father's will uh, be done. So it's not a surprise that the disciples come to Jesus and they ask this question uh, of Christ, is, Lord, teach us uh, to pray. And I've also often thought that that reads, Lord, teach us how to pray, but it says, Lord, teach us to pray. They wanted to have the priority of prayer uh, in your life. Of all of the things they could have asked Jesus, they could have asked, Lord, teach us how to do miracles, teach us how to teach. Uh, Jesus was the, the master teacher. But instead, they said, Lord, teach us uh, to pray. They saw this fellowship with the Father that they also uh, longed for. And this is really the beginning of a prayer life. I think that this is one of the greatest prayers that we can pray is, Lord, would you teach me how uh, to pray? So make that your prayer. I've been trying to make that my prayer uh, as well. And Jesus' response uh, to this question is the Lord's Prayer. It's oftentimes been uh, referred to as uh, the Lord's Prayer, but it's really the disciples' prayer. It's Jesus teaching the disciples uh, how uh, to pray. It's some pretty crazy times uh, that we're living in, uh, crazy times in our city, in our community, in the state of Colorado, uh, throughout the nation and the world. There's lots and lots of uncertainty. Inflation continues to go up. Uh, the stock market's going down. Interest rates are, are going up. Money seems to be not going near uh, as far. There's challenges politically uh, that's taking place uh, in, in our country. There's laws <clears throat> that are passed that don't reflect God's heart and God's uh, word. 
But there's also a lot of things that are going on in our lives personally that bring us to a place of realizing that I don't have enough. I don't know if you feel that way, but difficulties and challenges in your life where you're like, I just don't have the answers. I don't have the wisdom. I I really need God's help and his strength uh, in this. And that brings us uh, to uh, prayer. And a lot of practical senses and practical ways, uh, prayer is humility because we're crying out to the Lord. We're depending upon the Lord. But when I'm prayerless, when I don't pray, it's really an expression of pride in my life. I'm expressing to God that I've got everything under uh, control. So let's take a look at the Lord's Prayer or the Disciples' Prayer. Now it came to pass, this is Luke chapter 11, verse 1, as he was praying in a certain place when he ceased that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. So he said to them, when you pray, say, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. First thing that stands out to me is Jesus was already praying before the disciples asked, Lord, teach us to pray. A lot of things are more caught than taught. Got an awesome example of my mom in her heart for prayer. She's a real prayer warrior. I remember growing up, even before I was in age to go to school, we would drop off my older brother at school and my mom's friend would get in the passenger seat of our Ford Fairmont uh, station wagon and her and her friend would pray for a while in the front seat and I'd just be in the back seat uh, listening to this day, all these years later, I know that my mom is, is faithfully praying. There'd be times where she would make a meal for us and she wouldn't eat, which was always strange to me. Why would you cook a meal and not eat it? Uh, and came to find out she was fasting. She, she was uh, praying. I think in a lot of ways, me being in the kingdom was God's gracious answer to my mom's uh, faithful uh, prayers. So She never told me, hey, Eric, you should pray, or, you know, this is how you pray. She simply modeled it. And Jesus is modeling this prayer life, and the disciples are saying, hey, Lord, teach us to pray. The first thing that the disciples' prayer, the Lord's prayer, begins with is relationship. It says, our Father in heaven. This would be a surprise for the disciples. If you go back and look at the Old Testament with the children of Israel, And the way that they prayed, they did not address God as Father. They would address God as Lord, as the Almighty One, which is such an appropriate way to address God. But Jesus is saying, no, when you pray, begin your prayers with our Father. That's what we should do as well. We're entering into relationship uh, with uh, the Father. In Romans chapter 8, Paul puts it this way, that we've received the spirit of adoption by which we cry out, Abba, Father, or Daddy. Do you feel comfortable crying out to God as your dad? It can feel a little little foreign. For me, this was always a little bit strange, even though I've got a, an awesome dad, to relate to God as a heavenly father, as a loving, caring father. I always gravitated more to his power and, and his, his might and him being Lord. It was really through a series of difficulties just about three years ago, some challenges in my health where I was just really broken and needing God's comfort. And I found myself uh, praying the Lord's Prayer in bed as I was trying to go to sleep, Our Father. And I couldn't get past that phrase, Our Father. And from the head to my heart, it hit my heart that God was my Father. <clears throat> and it was all that I needed in that moment to 
receive comfort. In 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 1, it says, Blessed be the God of all comfort and the Father of mercies. So the way that God comforts us is through his relationship with us as our Father. Excuse me. Don't view your heavenly Father through the lens of your earthly Father. No earthly Father can even begin to come close to the heavenly Father. And Jesus, in his death and his resurrection, brought us into this relationship with God as our Father. We're the adopted uh, children of God. I've got four kids. I love uh, being a dad. They're the joy of my life. Three girls and a boy. Their ages are 19 down to, to 10. And, and I love it when they talk with me. I love it when they say, hey, Dad, what, what's going on? And when we pray, we're entering into that relationship with God as our Father. Have you desired to grow in prayer? Are you like the disciples where you're saying, man, Lord, would you teach me how uh, to pray? It seems to me that prayer has been an area that I've always wanted to to grow uh, deeper in. Honestly, it comes a little bit easier to spend time in the Word and relating to God through the Word, and I get really distracted uh, when I pray. And so this is my prayer, uh, really, that the Lord would teach me how to pray as well. And it begins with relationship, our Father which art in heaven. Notice also that we're addressing God as our Father, but we're acknowledging His location, that He is in heaven. He's in heaven. He sees things differently. How searchable are are His ways? Who's been God's counselor? He has this perspective from eternity, from being on the throne room of God. And that's really important uh, in our prayers to remember our relationship with God and remember his location. He's in heaven, and he sees things from a totally a different uh, perspective. So on today's episode, we're going to be looking at the Lord teach us to pray, the disciples' prayer, better known as the Lord's Prayer. So stay with me. we got a lot more to cover after the break, a lot of good content. Hope that it's uh, helpful for you in your relationship with the Lord and growing in prayer. You're listening to Crosswalk Colorado Springs with Pastor Eric Cartier, Monday through Wednesday. So thanks so much. Hope that you're doing well. Stay with me. We're going to head to a break and we'll be right back on 100.7 The Word. Crosswalk Colorado Springs on 100.7 The Word. Welcome back to Crosswalk, Colorado Springs. This is Pastor Eric Cartier from Rocky Mountain Calvary. Thanks so much for listening. Hope that you're doing well. If you're looking for a home church, we'd like to invite you to RMC. We've got two locations. Uh, We're located at Awesome Bluffs and Academy and also out in Ellicott. You can learn more about our church at rmcalvary.org. I want to encourage you to be in a, a local church plugged in face-to-face with the body of believers. It's the way God designed it and intended it, and there's a lot of awesome, awesome churches in our uh, community. This is Crosswalk Colorado Springs. I'm a local pastor, and this is a local show for Southern Colorado. Hope that you're blessed. It's Monday through Wednesday from 5 to 6. want to look at the Lord's Prayer and these different aspects of how God is teaching us to pray First is our Father in heaven, and then hallowed be your name. What does that mean? Hallowed means to be set apart. It's taking the time to realize that God's name, his character, his nature, who he is, 
is uh, set apart. I don't know about you, but sometimes when I'm really caught up in the problems and difficulties in my life and, and in my family, it becomes really emotional. And those problems can start to become bigger in my perspective than they really are. And I can oftentimes come to the Lord and forget <clears throat> the relationship that I have with Him, but also to take time to be thankful and grateful and remember who He is. In Psalms 100 verse 4, it says, Enter into His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts uh, with a praise. So when we come into God's presence, it's appropriate for us to come with thanksgiving and to come into his courts uh, with, with praise. And then goes on in the Lord's Prayer. It says, your kingdom come, <clears throat> your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is submission. So we go from relationship to adoration to submission of saying, God, I want your kingdom to come. We oftentimes can be in a place where our kingdom comes first or the kingdoms of this world. We're trying to survive. We're trying to make money, pay the bills, get the kids, all the places that they need to go. And this is that acknowledgement of God, I want your kingdom to come. I want your will uh, to be done. Praying this on a daily basis, God, your kingdom come. Also, I think this really points to salvation where we're longing for people to know Christ because when they know Christ, they come into the kingdom. So Lord, would you help my family to know you? May your kingdom come to my family. May your kingdom come to the street that I live on, the workplace that, that I'm at. So this is a great prayer to cry out to the Lord, your kingdom come, but then also your will uh, be done. We're selfish by nature. It's easy for us to put ourselves first and to submit ourselves to the will of the Father in prayer. I, not my will, but your will be done. And I think this really encapsulates the heart of prayer. Uh, prayer is not to get my will done in heaven, but to get God's will done here on earth. We can oftentimes think that prayer is, well, God's this big genie in the sky, and I'm just going to try to get him to do whatever I want. But no, it's submitting to, to his will, to his plan, to his uh, purpose. We see Jesus really living this out, that he came to do uh, the will of the Father, at the end of his life in the Garden of Gethsemane, the weight of the cross is before him. We oftentimes think about the physical suffering of Christ, but there's also the spiritual suffering of Christ. The Bible tells us that he who knew no sin became sin for us so that we could become the righteousness of God. And Jesus had to take on my sin, not only my sin, but the sin of, of the whole world. And in that moment of being punished for our sin, being the propitiation for our sin, he cried out and said, my God, my God, why have you uh, forsaken me? And Jesus knew that this weight was coming, this difficulty of the cross that we can't even begin to comprehend. And he prayed, he says, not my will, but your will be done. Jesus in his humanity had to surrender his will. It wasn't that he necessarily wanted to go to the cross, but he went to the cross in obedience to the Father. And this is the Christian life. If we wait till we feel like it or we want to, man, we're going to be uh, really discouraged. But choosing to say, I'm submitting my will to the Father. So as you're driving down the road, listening to Crosswalk Colorado Springs today, maybe checking out the podcast uh, later on, 
man, submit your will to the Lord. You know, begin your day, go through your day, end your day with submitting to uh, his will. So our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will uh, be done. In terms of submitting to his will, Romans 12 verse 1 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable uh, service. So we're submitting ourselves to the Father based on his mercy, that God sent his Son to die for us, that he died for us while we were still sinners, that we're completely saved and forgiven by his grace. Responding to his mercy, then we present our bodies, our whole entire being. That's a good example of laying our our will down. It's been said, accurately so, that the problem with a living sacrifice is we can easily climb off of the altar. And so we need to daily, continually surrender ourselves to the Lord. My eyes belong to you. My ears belong to you. My, My hands belong to you. My feet belong to you. I want to be your living sacrifice. I want to do your will. God's will is not necessarily easy, but that's where we find the abundant life. Jesus told us, and he said, if, if anyone desires to save his life, he's going to lose it. But if you lose your life for my sake, uh, you'll find it. Jesus Christ came to give life, and he came to give it more abundantly. So as you think about, man, all the difficulties in the world, all the challenges that are going on in your life, you know, how is your, your prayer life? How is my uh, prayer life? And to really take to heart that the one thing that the G- disciples wanted Jesus to teach them was to pray. And what if we made that our, our prayer? Lord, would you teach me to pray? The next element uh, in the disciples learning to pray is give us day by day our daily bread. Daily provision. So we go from relationship to adoration to submission to provision. Notice that God's uh, provision is day by day. A lot of times uh, we want God's uh, provision for the whole entire year. Lord, would you just lay it out? Here we are in January. Would you, would you lay it out for all of uh, 2023? Or even better, how about for <clears throat> a whole entire decade? But yet, God just promises provision for the day. He just says, here's, here's what you need, Eric, for today. What is it that you need uh, from the Lord? Oftentimes we've heard it said that it's selfish to to pray for our own needs. Well, I want you to remember Luke chapter 11, verse 3, where Jesus instructs us to ask God for our daily bread. What are your physical needs? What are your emotional needs? What are your spiritual needs? And cry out uh, to the Lord. Remember when the children of Israel were traveling through the wilderness, God gave them daily bread. He gave them manna from heaven every day, except for the Sabbath day. They could gather the day before the Sabbath. And if they tried to gather more, then it would go bad. It would rot. God wants to meet us every single day. If he did give us provision for the next year or 10 years, we would tend to not rely upon him, not check in with him and drift uh, away uh, from him. So I pray today as you're listening to Crosswalk Colorado Springs, that God just meet your needs. What's that encouragement that you need today? What's that financial need that you have today? He meets us day by day. He's a daily God. You're listening to Crosswalk Colorado Springs with Pastor Eric Cartier from Rocky Mountain Calvary. Talking about prayer today, such an important uh, topic. We're going to head to a break, but 
Stay with me. We've got a lot more to talk about. There's a few more things I want to share about God's provision, day-by-day provision. Then we're going to look at forgiveness and also protection. So don't go away. You're listening to Crosswalk right here on 100.7 The Word. This is Crosswalk, Colorado Springs on 100.7 The Word. Welcome back to Crosswalk, Colorado Springs. This is Pastor Eric Cartier from Rocky Mountain Calvary. Hope that you're doing well today. Just want to take a look at prayer. Such an important truth from Scripture for us to be praying, but yet so difficult to do. I find it difficult to pray, easily get distracted, but there's nothing like spending time with the Lord. I think of Psalm 16 that says that in His presence is the fullness of joy. There's There's a fullness that comes from spending time with the Lord. You know what's awesome about prayer is God's always ready. He's always ready to spend uh, time with us. You know, maybe you have a friend or your spouse or your kids, and it's hard to find the time. They They don't have the time. You don't have the time, but God is always available. Your loving Father, the creator of the universe. We're talking about praying for daily provision, day by day our daily uh, bread. A really awesome section of scripture about provision is 1 Kings chapter 17. The prophet Elijah is given this tough assignment to confront Ahab because of Israel's wickedness. And he goes to Ahab and he says, it's going to stop raining until I pray again for rain. So prepare yourself for this drought because of your spiritual condition of idolatry. God then speaks to Elijah and says, I want you to go to the brook Cheruboth and the ravens are going to feed you. Talk about God being able to provide. So every morning and evening, the ravens brought Elijah bread and meat. (laughs) What's interesting about this is that ravens are an unclean bird and Elijah's Jewish and called to a kosher diet. And here's an unclean bird bringing him meat and also bread. God's able to provide. He has resources that he's able to provide with that we don't even begin to imagine. The brook dries up. Elijah has no more water. And God speaks to him again and says, I want you to go to a widow's house house in Zarephath of Sidon. Now, this is not in Israel. These are These are Gentiles. And here, Elijah shows up and they're facing the drought as well. And says, hey, would you give me some food? Would you make me some some bread? And she says, well, I'm down to my last little bit of flour. I'm going to feed it to me and my son. And then we're going to die. We're going to die of starvation. And Elijah says, no, go ahead and cook me some food and you'll have some for your son as well. And the amazing thing happened is God then provided supernaturally, and she never ran out of flour for some period of of time. And this is really God's amazing ability to be able to provide. So God provides for Elisha through a raven, through the ravens, and also through a widow, not where you would think God would normally bring a provision. 
as I was going through some challenges in my health and some unexpected medical bills about three years ago now, I would never go back to that time. Thankfully, I'm, I'm doing a, a lot better. But as you can imagine, there was some unexpected medical bills. And God provided in some really unexpected ways. And though I wouldn't want to go back to that season, the Lord, in a sense, really provided through the ravens and through uh, the widows. And he showed me his love and his care. I know there's a lot of financial stress uh, right now. And I'd encourage you to just go to the Lord for that daily bread and trust him for his provision. Depend upon him and see the way that the Lord provides that he gives that daily bread. The next thing that we see in the Lord teaching us to pray and forgive us our sins, we want to keep uh, short accounts uh, with the Lord. We're keeping short accounts with him, not because we lose our salvation when we sin. I'm so thankful that we don't lose our salvation uh, when we sin. There would be no assurance of a salvation. So why are we confessing sin? Well, we're confessing sin because there's a breach in our relationship uh, with God. Think of this in any relationship, especially in family relationships, husbands and wives. If you sin against each other and that unfortunately happens, there's there's a breach in the relationship when we sin against our kids or they, they sin against us until there is confession. And that confession then brings in forgiveness and reconciliation. First John 1 John 1.9 is an amazing promise. You may know it. It says, if we confess our sin, he's faithful and he's just to forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So he provides forgiveness. He's faithful and he's just to forgive. God's ready to forgive as we confess our sin, but he also cleanses us from all unrighteousness. We enjoy cooking on cast iron at our house. You know, I enjoy making scrambled eggs, over easy eggs. Uh, and man, if I don't clean that cast iron pan, let it sit for a while, it gets so much more difficult. Those, those eggs get crusted in there. But if I clean it fairly quickly after I cook, it, it's a whole lot easier. I found that same thing to be true in my heart. Uh, when my heart is in a place where I'm keeping short accounts with the Lord and I'm confessing that uh, to the Lord, man, it's so good to be in right standing with the Lord. So we ask for forgiveness on a regular basis because we want close fellowship uh, with the Father. The next thing that we see in the Lord's Prayer, for we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. Notice the emphasis here, everyone. As we have received forgiveness, then we want to extend this forgiveness that we've so graciously received uh, from the Lord. You know, grace is great to receive, but it can be difficult to give. Do you have somebody in your life that you need to forgive? The answer is probably yes. And you can think of that person right now and you're going, I don't want to forgive them. I don't want to extend a grace uh, to them. Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God and Christ Jesus forgave us. The reason the Father forgives us is because of Christ. The reason we forgive is because of Christ. Has bitterness developed in our hearts? When I have been hurt by someone, I don't feel like forgiving. In fact, it's the last thing that I want to do. And notice the scripture says those who are indebted to us, they, they did indeed sin against us, but 
Forgiveness for me is always a, a choice of the will. I love the way my pastor growing up said it. If we change our mind, God will change our heart. But if we don't change our mind, he won't change our heart. So when it comes to that person who sinned against us, I'm going to change my mind. I'm going to choose to forgive them. And sometimes I have to say it out loud. I choose to forgive because Christ has forgiven me. In Jesus' name, I forgive them because Christ has forgiven me. Then also to begin to pray for them, to pray blessing upon them, that God would meet their needs, bless their family, really provide for them. And in that, God does a work in my heart. But God doesn't give us an option on a forgiveness. Stephen is a great example of extending the forgiveness that he received. He was being martyred by his countrymen. Acts chapter 7 tells us that he had a vision of heaven. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. He saw the throne room of God. He saw Jesus standing up next to the Father to, to welcome him into heaven. And his last words was, declaring to this this group, this multitude that was stoning him, Father, do not lay this against their charge. He extended forgiveness to those who stoned him. One of the men that was there was Saul, who became Paul. He was holding the coats, showing his affirmation for the stoning of, of Stephen. That must have impacted his heart and ultimately used by God in his life. So as we pray, part of prayer is receiving forgiveness, confessing our sin to the Lord, but then also extending that forgiveness. Don't wait right now as you're listening. Man, extend that forgiveness that God has given to you. You're listening to Crosswalk Colorado Springs with Pastor Eric Cartier. Thanks for taking this journey with me. Lord, teach us to pray the Lord's Prayer. We're going to head to a break and we're going to come back and we're going to talk about God's protection as this prayer ends up. So... You're listening to 100.7, The Word. Try my best, but just don't get it right. Where I talk a talk that I don't walk and miss the moments right before my eyes. Crosswalk, Colorado Springs on 100.7, The Word. Good God Almighty, I hope you'll find me. Welcome back to Crosswalk, Colorado Springs. This is Pastor Eric Cartier from Rocky Mountain Calvary. Crosswalk, Colorado Springs is a local program for Colorado Springs and also Southern Colorado. This has been my home for 23 years. So thankful. Met my wife here in Colorado. All of our kids have been born in Colorado Springs. Love this city. Love pastoring and serving here. Hope that you're doing okay, navigating the traffic, uh, staying warm. I want to just look at and unpack the Lord's Prayer, which is really the disciples' prayer in Luke chapter 11. We've looked at, it begins with relationship, our Father, adoration, hallowed be your name, submission, your will be done, provision, give us this day our daily bread, and then forgiveness. Lord, would you forgive me? I'm, I'm extending forgiveness to those that have sinned against me. Then there's this prayer for protection. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. God doesn't lead us into temptation. We know from the book of James that we're led away and tempted by our own evil desires. So what is this talking about? It's asking that God would protect us 
from temptation. We think of our sinful desires. Man, heaven's going to be nice to no longer have a sinful flesh, to no longer be tempted with sin. Have you thought to pray for God's protection in temptation? Lord, protect my eyes, protect my ears, protect my heart. Lord, you know my tendency to lose my temper, to be bitter, to be covetous. And God, I am asking for your uh, protection. But deliver us from the evil one. And in Luke's account, we also have an account of this prayer in Matthew, but this is where the prayer ends in Luke's account. We do have a real enemy, and the enemy he wants to kill, to steal, and destroy. So to pray for God's protection against the enemy, that God would protect our hearts and our minds. Ephesians chapter 6 gives us more detail of this, the armor of God, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith, the sword of the Spirit. But right now, right where you're at, ask for the Lord's protection. And speaking of protection, I love Psalms 91. Psalms 91 verse 1 and 2 says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will save the Lord. He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, and him I will trust. This is what I really see at the end of the Lord's Prayer is coming to the Lord, that secret place, that fellowship that we have with him. Why is it secret? Because in a sense, no one else knows that, that you're having that time with the Lord. Uh, they can't see that your heart is in prayer at that moment, or you got up early or ended your day in prayer. It's that secret place, that place of intimacy with the Lord. Also speaks of closeness under the shadow of the Almighty. We're so close to Him, we're underneath His shadow, and He's protecting us. He's our refuge, our fortress. He's our God. He's He's our strength and who uh, we trust. These are crazy times that we're living in as a city, as a state, as a country. Uh, personally, if there was ever a time for the church uh, to be praying, I, I think it's now. I want to remind us of Second Chronicles 7 verse 14. It says, if my people, so this is addressed to the church, God's people, God's sons and daughters who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Man, we definitely need for our land to be healed. Our youth are really struggling in the city. There's lots of violence uh, that, that's taking place. You know the struggles and the battles that are going on in southern Colorado. So what do we need to do? First, we humble ourselves. How do we humble ourselves? We pray. And we seek God's face. We're, we're crying out for God's intervention. And we also turn from our wicked ways. There, there's repentance that needs to take place. As frustrated as maybe we are with culture or society, we need to look at our own hearts and our own lives and say, Lord, what do I need to repent of? You know, what wicked ways are there in, in my life? Unfortunately, sometimes we, we as the church are, are living just like those that don't know Christ as, as their Savior. And God's calling us out of darkness. He's calling us. And the promise is as we repent of our sins, then he's going to forgive and he's going to heal our land. And we desperately need that. We need the Lord to heal our land. Been convicted, challenged, wanting to grow in prayer. Love the fact that the disciples come to Jesus and say, Lord, teach us to pray. 
Let's make that our prayer as well. Come to the Lord, teach us to pray. What's so amazing, when Christ gives instructions on how to pray, this prayer known as the Lord's Prayer, really it's the disciples' prayer. They're the ones being taught about prayer. It's just a little bit over 60 words. Oftentimes we make prayer so complicated, but it's simple. We can cry out to the Lord. When I think of the Lord's Prayer, it's great to memorize it and to to say it out loud as a prayer, but I think what Christ is really teaching us is to take these principles and to pray them in, to spend some time thanking him that he's our Father, spend some time in adoration, hallowed be your name, in submission, your kingdom come, your will be done, provision, asking for that daily bread, asking for forgiveness, extending forgiveness, but then also asking for protection. So in the last few minutes of today's show, just invite you to pray with me and and let's pray together uh, the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, which art in heaven, Father, we thank you that you're our dad. (laughs) Sometimes it's difficult for us to relate to you as our dad, but you're our heavenly father and you won't withhold any good thing to your kids. And we trust that. Thank you for being our father. And hallowed be your name. There's no one like you. You're set apart. You're holy. You're strong. You're powerful. You're the alpha, the omega, but yet you're merciful. You're gracious. You're kind. You're long-suffering. We love you. We give you our praise. We give you our thanks. And right now, we ask that your kingdom would come and your will be done. Would your kingdom come to Colorado Springs? Jesus, we want to seek you first. May your kingdom come in our homes. May your kingdom come in this community. We pray for those that don't know Christ as our Savior, that they would have the opportunity to hear of you, Jesus, of your love for them, your death and resurrection, and come to know you. Lord, we submit our will to you. May your will be done in our lives. Not our will, but your will uh, be done. We choose to be a living sacrifice. We give you our eyes and our ears and our hearts, our whole entire being. Lord, your will in our lives. God, we also just pray for daily bread. Would you give us our daily bread? I pray specifically for those listening right now that have financial needs. God, would you be gracious to provide those financial needs? Lord, where there's loneliness, would you bring in your fellowship? Where there's discouragement, Lord, would you bring encouragement? Where there's needs physically, medical bills, Lord, we just pray for your provision. We look to you. You're the God who provides through ravens and widows, and and we, we trust you. And would you forgive us? Forgive us our sins, Lord. We confess our sin to you. We confess Lord, our pride, we confess our lust, our anger, our covetousness. We receive your forgiveness. And Lord, we choose to extend the forgiveness that we've so graciously received. Who is it in your life that you need to forgive right now? Lord, we forgive them in in Jesus' name. And Lord, we ask for your protection. Would you protect us from our flesh? Would you protect us from the evil one? Would you protect our families? Lord, protect the churches. Protect the police officers of our city and first responders. So thank you for hearing our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to Crosswalk with Pastor Eric Cartier, Monday through Wednesday from 5 to 6. Also, you can find us on podcast, Crosswalk Colorado Springs, anywhere that you find your podcasts. And I hope you have a great, great night. I hope this has been an encouragement uh, to you of 
learning more about prayer. I know I always need to be encouraged and challenged in prayer. Remember the Lord loves you. He hears your prayers and cry out to him. So until next time, I hope that you have a great night. May God bless you. May he encourage you. Take care. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.